time is interesting, right? Because one of the elements we haven't really talked about specifically, but time in struggle, time in strife, time in being hungry, time in these painful moments. Whereas we go, oh, I just want to get out of this. I don't want to mm-hmm. feel this anymore. But what if we had a reframe on that and said, there must be a gift here. There must be something good. I must be learning yeah. something, building something, gaining something. And refuse to accept that life is destroying you. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right. Recording. We're doing it. We're getting into it as we do on Way of the Artist. I'm Evan. Next to me is Brandon. And (laughs) (laughs) thanks for allowing me to introduce myself. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just courtesy, courtesy introduction. (laughs) And today we're calling this one the time it takes. The time it takes. And very often the conversations that we have here, you know, we try and grab some sort of a theme out of something that's personally relevant in our lives. And for both of us, we were talking about certain things and maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't into this podcast, but the, the major theme of this is a lot of sometimes things taking more time than you think that something's going to take or that you want it to take, whatever it is, but the time it takes, the time it takes mm-hmm. for anything to, to happen for the big things in our lives or the creative projects that we take on or, or the, the art that we're doing, the time it takes, you know, and that can be like one of those things where we live so much in like a goal oriented society and it's like, what's your goal? When are you, okay, when is that going to be done? Yeah. And I think that that, that I, I don't want to completely throw that out entirely because there is something to it. There is something about, you know, putting a little bit of a fire under your ass mm-hmm. to get yourself moving, you're right, to get yourself going. I think that to a large degree that's that's actually what the function of a of goals are is to is to actually get yourself is to activate yourself, right? But I think that there's also on the flip side, there's, there can be such a problem to just being a constant like goal person where it can end up creating just a lot of, a lot of pain. It can, it can take you away from the, just being present and and all kinds of things with, with what you're doing. And, and also there's sometimes the, your, what you have in your head for, for, when something needs to get done, there's so much that it's not taking account for, mm-hmm. right? There are things that, that can happen on the way that that might force you to change that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you do see that all the time, not just within, you know, personal creative artists, but even in, in big industry, things get delayed, things get pushed back because they're like, oh shit, 
things happened that we didn't foresee things happened that uh or or there's I, I mean there can be any number of things that can that can come up that can cause something to just take more time so that's a little bit of what this conversation is about there's a few other things that i've got rattling in my head but i'm going to stop and i'm going to hand it off to you brandon goals are important because if you don't have goals you know what do you what are you doing what are you aiming for in life i mean you got to have a target i think that's important but you know something i've learned about goals is that they're the, the, I think part of the problem with our culture and society around goals is that we get too focused on the external thing and we put very little weight on the internal part of a goal. And, and mm -hmm. I would argue that the goal is actually the real goal that you usually don't see is how you're going to change and grow and evolve because you set the goal. And that's actually more important than accomplishing or getting or achieving or whatever the thing is that you think is at the end of the finish line. And so because we put all our value on like, did it get done? Did it not get done? Did it happen? Did it not happen? Did I get it? Did I not get it? All that type of stuff. We fail to often see the journey there, the relationship built with time to get there and mm -hmm. steps taken to get there. And, you know, it's interesting with goals because people who don't set goals tend to be quite adrift and aimless and their life tends to be, in general, this is not everybody some people kind of i think they're more goal orientated than they realize they just have a healthier relationship to it but they don't mm -hmm. call it goals but people who don't set goals or avoid goal setting they tend to actually have a lot of dissatisfaction dis, uh what's the word a, kind of a depression mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have a better word for that but it's kind of a depression because you basically feel adrift you feel aimless you lack purpose it gives you a lack of meaning and drive and a sense of why you're doing stuff so, so the people who are goal-orientated, but they struggle with a different thing. People who are externally goal-orientated struggle with a different thing. They tend to have a certain amount of purpose and why driving them, which helps them drive through a lot of pain often. But the problem is, is they, they will often feel a lot of dissatisfaction mm -hmm. and discouragement as well as a common uh, thing for external goal setters. So dissatisfaction comes from, I achieved it, but it didn't give me what I wanted. Yeah. And I thought it would, but it didn't. And now I got to go on my next thing and then I'll be satisfied. And it's constantly this. And, the, and what's actually driving them is this constant lack of fulfillment and dissatisfaction that's going on. And then the discouragement comes because there's goals that we occasionally set and some people more so than others, where you set a goal and you don't achieve it or you don't get it on time or whatever. And you start to believe that, hey, I can't have what I want. And you get discouraged and that can create other negative consequences mm -hmm. so discouraged people sometimes tend to just go you know what fuck it i'm not going to set goals because i don't like feeling discouraged and then they go yeah. down to the depression and the aimlessness and they might bounce between those two things and then they just feel like low self-esteem mm -hmm. um, you can look into this like there's there's definitely studies on this and there's research and you can listen to personal accounts of people ultimately i i found I struggle with all of this myself, by the way, like yeah. I do all sorts. I've experienced all sorts of it. <laughs> yeah, but what too. I me what too. I continually find is that I don't put enough value on the internal processing, the growth and the small steps I'm taking that are getting me closer. So it's like if I set a goal 
and maybe I don't achieve it, but I get 90% of the way there. That's a celebration because I'm 90% closer to it. That's an internal recognition of, hey, look how much you've grown. Look how far you've gotten. Yeah. An external rec recognition only is, yeah, but you fell short. It only focuses on the 10 or 1% you yeah. didn't get there. Whereas an internal recognition of goal setting is, look how much closer I got because I set this goal. Mm -hmm. You know what? I set it with, with uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I could do it sooner than I could. I thought it would be easier than it was. It wasn't, but I learned that. What a win, what a yeah. glorious thing to kind of encounter. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting, but time, the thing that I would love to kind of direct this conversation towards is you said something before we started recording, which was there's an intimacy that time creates mm -hmm. that isn't created without it and a relationship. And I think this is the time it takes is about look at the relationship and the intimacy that was created, not yeah. just the goal you're trying to achieve or the thing you're trying to get or whatever. Although that matters because it's measurement and it's target, you know, I think what we need sometimes is we need mini targets on our way to the bigger target mm -hmm. because there is a lot of room for dissatisfaction and disappointment when we only make it the one thing, you know? Yeah. 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 There's, uh, I do want to get into that. There's just a few things mm -hmm. that you had said that, that I felt were worth going into a little bit further. One thing was, is, and I wish I could remember the book that I read. It was many years ago. And I know that I've brought this up in the podcast. I feel like it's been a while since I brought this up, but it was one of the best, it was one of the best sort of descriptors of, or at least describing what the function of a goal actually is, right? And whoever this writer was, they made it, they, we, we love our hiking analogies around yeah, yeah. here or do, you know, we sure do. hiking up a mountain or something. <laughs> and this one used, borrowed the same thing and basically said like, you know, the mountain climber doesn't pick the, the summit because the goal is just to, to be at the summit, right? Because if your goal is just to stand on top of a mountain, there are a lot of easier ways to get to the top of a mountain, right? But that's not the point, right? The point is the climb, right? The goal is what makes the journey possible, mm. right? So you actually, it's a flip. It's like you, mm. you're, you're making your goal based on the journey that you want to have. Ah, uh, yes. Right? And, and so you're thinking about the, you're actually thinking about the process in some ways more than than the end thing. The end thing is just there so that you can do the process. Can I make a, a little note? Absolutely. I, I hike a lot and I used to do really high, like big incline hikes to, to pretty good peaks. And I would invite friends. It was something I used to do. I'd just be like, hey, you guys want to, someone go on a hike? And it would be a relationship building thing and whatever, mm -hmm. just people I met. And I always noticed that it was very interesting because some people who were very focused on where we were going, they would suffer on mm -hmm. the climb. They'd be like, oh man, I could just see them suffering. Yeah. And the people that were there for the relationship and they were there kind of just to hang out, and they were the like, woods and... we're like, holy shit, we're at the top already. It was just like, but we were like sweating and we're like, you know, yeah. and it's like, and there was one hike in particular, and sorry, one last thing, 
where you it's called Dias Vistas, 10 views. Oh, top, yeah, right. Yeah. But when you when if you hike up this one way, it's really, really hard. But you basically get all your hard hiking done like almost immediately. But yeah. it's really hard. You go the other way, you get a casual kind of you climb for a long period and then you're kind of up. But if you do this side, which I would take people on. You just get to enjoy all these views because mm -hmm. you basically kind of walk in some inclines, but mostly kind of a downhill, nice, steady, yeah. almost flat walk around the top of the mountain. And so uh, it was interesting because we would get to the top. It would almost be done very quickly. And then people were like, wow, this is such a great hike. They totally forgot about all the suffering it took to get up there. Mm -hmm. And that was just view after view after view of enjoyment. But, you know, sometimes I think when we're struggling really hard for a period of time we don't realize that hey maybe the harder this struggle is the the more you're actually accomplishing than you realize mm -hmm. and there's going to be a longer period of enjoyment maybe later of doing this kind of struggle yeah and, yeah. and to understand that in a way like struggle almost seems like the wrong word because mm -hmm. it's like it's like mistaking the play as like like what's play as a struggle yeah you know because it's like you can be enjoying that process so much, even though, yeah, your breath is up, you're, because there's an aliveness that happens there. And in many ways, it's like, that's, maybe that's another way of putting it. It's like that goal is to create an aliveness within you mm -hmm. in, in the process, right? And there was another thing, there was another thing, and it escapes me now, but there was another thing about, what you had said in terms of in terms of goals and how we set out about them but well here while yeah. you while you're thinking about yeah. it um i also think there's something dawned on me when you set a goal sometimes you know it's good to just be like okay let's go all out and just like do this and you know if you want to do this hike for example ds vistas you can you can do the hard side or you can do the, the easier, more gentle side, whatever way you want to climb the mountain. If you look at yourself and you assess yourself about you're about to take on a goal, you're about to go do something, just ask yourself in the beginning, do I want to do this? Like, am I ready to just jump into this like full bore? Like I'm going to get the hard stuff done right now. Or is this something that I feel like I need to wade into a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with either approach. I, I know that there's like probably goal-oriented people is like, no, you do the hard stuff first. You always get the hards because you won't do it later. And it's like, well, sometimes a goal isn't like that. It's not always structured that way. Sometimes a goal is about trying something out, seeing if you even like it. And mm -hmm. before you, you know, and, and there's a time too where you can back out of a goal. And it doesn't mean anything bad about you. You can go and try something. Like I read, uh, uh, for example, I've been looking at motorcycles to buy, right? And I read this, I found this one motorcycle as I was stumbling along the market. And I'm like, this girl was selling it. <laughs> she wrote in her bio, she's like, I bought this motorcycle. I tried motorcycle riding. The only bike I should be riding is a bicycle. That's why this is up for sale. <laughs> so she tried it out. She didn't like it. Wasn't for her. Maybe too risky, too dangerous, whatever in her experience. Or maybe she just doesn't feel like whatever, whatever her reasons are. But she tried it out. So like, it's not a loss. Mm -hmm. It's a, I tried this thing out. It's yeah. an activity I thought I would like. I'm not really that into it. Meanwhile, if you take someone like me, I tried it out and I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> Holy crap. Like yeah. I've been missing out. And this is for me, it's, it's awesome. And I love it. But for some other people, it's not a fit. 
you know, and we, you know, we can have all sorts of like things that we think in our mind, oh, I'd love to go do this, but then you mm -hmm. go do it and you're like, you know what, this isn't for me. And maybe you told everyone you're going to go do it. Don't have any shame or embarrassment about that. Just say, look, I tried it out. Like maybe you wanted to be an actor and you like tried it out and you're like, you know what? It's not for me. I thought yeah. it, it looked cool watching people on movies, but then I started auditioning for crappy commercials and bullshit <laughs> and I was dealing with all this stuff and I realized it's not for me. So what? But, but you learn something about yourself and that's sometimes what time gives you. It gives mm -hmm. you an intimacy with like, it's not always about building a close intimacy with the thing you're going to get. It's about building an intimacy with the things you don't want. Mm -hmm. And very often, you know, those I've met people who've gone into the film industry that way or something where they get into acting and it's like, and I actually really discovered that I loved like doing stuff with the camera totally and they end up like heading down that path instead where they you know become you know a cinematographer or you know or they work their way up to being a cinematographer and or they and enjoy guess what? just the, being a camera operator yeah or I mean, a camera you know, operator you, know, you don't even have to go to these like i think we always set like these pinnacle jobs yeah too. yeah for but sure. I, so I know that's not your point, but it's just like, yeah, we go, oh, got to be the director. got to be the cinematographer. It's like, you know what? If you like doing catering on movies, yeah. then fucking do it. You know? like, totally, totally. Awesome, right? And, Who cares? And in so many ways, it's like that the things that you learned with that path of being an actor is actually going to make you better at that job that you are doing. Because totally. you understand more yes. of what another person's doing, right? That goes with that intimacy thing which right. i do want to get into but i i uh, we're like the, holding the, off it's like the, the last, climax yeah. <laughs> the last thing that Wait i for the peak i had wanted to say just in terms of that whole goal thing that that came to mind is is like really asking that question why sort of almost as a at least in my for my end of things like putting a bit of a bow on on this one track that we've been on which is okay but why do you want that thing why do you want to achieve that thing? Ask yourself that. Why that? And then ask yourself why that and why that and why that. Really, really get to the bottom of what you think that this thing is going to give you. Right? And very often you keep on asking yourself that question until you, until you can't go any further. Right? You discover that the reason why you want to do that thing has something much much deeper about it right there's and and but that thing might actually inform you that oh i'm at but the thing that i'm actually after is i'm not going to get it from that goal hmm. right and so you might find a shift so understanding that that you know what is the whole thing for and the last thing that i'll say is one of my old acting teachers he used to say that life is life is more about the in-between mm. right and it's very much about the goals and the things that we want and, and, and things we want to achieve it's like well guess what like not that you won't have those things but most of your life is going to be spent in between those things mm -hmm. right and and that's where you could argue where life really happens where life really resides so it makes more sense that we are putting the focus and that we are more mindful about goals because i think very often our goals are so are so ego driven that we would be well served to take a bit more time to be 
a bit more conscious about, oh, okay, I think I want to go and do this thing or whatever. It's like, and just take that time to be like, okay, what, what is it about this? Right. What is, is there something that I think that I'm going to get from this at the end of the day? Like, am I chasing some dragon with this thing, you know, or is, am I going to be left hungry at the end of this? Or does this thing actually just, it's there because it's going to send me on a path that really excites me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can tell the difference, I think pretty well of what the motivation is. It's like, are you just trying to get the pot at the end of the rainbow? Or are you interested in, in going, going through the rainbow, mm -hmm. right? Are you, is it, is it the rainbow that actually really interests you, not the pot of gold at the end of mm -hmm. it? And I think that feeds somewhat nicely into this whole thing of, of the intimacy, right? Because that in between space is relationship and intimacy where you really start to get to know the thing that you're dealing with, right? This thing that you're involved with, because again, there's only so much that we can know when we set out on a path. There's only so much that we can know about it. We have to come to know it for ourselves. Even as much as we can read about or listen to other people's experiences doing the same thing, their experience is not going to be the same as your experience. That's a different person who is on a different path who, yes, there are similarities, but there's always going to be particularities about you doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing thing. That's a wonderful thing. And we have to be open and receptive to that thing and, that, and, and understand that that's actually the thing that you want. Mm -hmm. You want all those particularities and, and come to know these things for yourself. And then you might come back to these people that you listen to and whatever, and you can hear them and relate to them in a brand new way. Cause you're like, Oh, I remember you talking about that, but now I really understand it. Now mm -hmm. I really know what you're saying. Cause before it's like, it's all the, you know, the, I guess it goes into that whole theoretical knowledge versus real like experiential knowledge, or you could call it wisdom at that point. Right. Uh, that's something I think I heard from Dan Millman, which was, was action turns knowledge to wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, you know, so <clears throat> I went in a lot of different directions there. But. Well, so one thing I, I something I'm thinking about that kind of dawned on me a little bit is we have these goals in life where like they're check boxes. Like I need to do this. I need to do that, this and this. And then I've lived a successful life. And, you know, and I think in this time, this day and age, we we have uh, a lot of people are challenging certain ideas and they're going, well, is that true? Do I really need that? Is that necessary? And, and, and sometimes I think things that we take for granted, they're not th like at a, there was a time where that was easier. And now certain things that were once easy are harder. And so, for example, um, marriage is a different thing. It's a different thing than it was some time ago. You know, there was a time where, um, marriage had a certain kind of almost necessity. Whereas today, mm. it doesn't have the same necessity. Now, I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm just saying that this, the necessity of, of how it worked before is not as relevant and the same. And 
So some people they have in their mind, well, I got to get married. This is something I'm supposed to do. And if I don't get married, then I've somehow failed or I'm not successful in life or maybe having kids or whatever. Now, I, I still believe, this is my personal opinion, I still believe those are very good things to do. But maybe they need to be done with a little more thought. For example, marriage rates right now, it's almost crazy to get married. It's it, like, if you look at statistically, it's actually crazy that you would get married because statistically more people get divorced statistically or like out of an average mm -hmm. or some people get divorced multiple times so excuse the average but <laughs> some people are on their third fourth fifth sixth seventh yeah. marriage like, you know so that's a little crazy but um you know so excuse the odds but like the odds if you look at it okay they're kind of crazy so the problem is is people are getting married in some ways for the wrong reasons because marriage is just the checkbox on the list of things to do. And so, you know, this is where it comes back to your why, like, why am I doing this? And what's important about this? And, you know, is it because you want people to like, look at you a certain way? You know, that's a trap and, and all of this. And anyway, uh, while I'm on this topic, I was listening to this divorce lawyer talk and he was talking about prenups. He said, you know, people got a lot of they, they hear prenup and they get like this, oh my God, prenup, what a bad, what a bad thing, you don't trust me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, think about it this way. Most people are learning, like a marriage is a business agreement now with the government. It's not, <laughs> it's not like it was like you, it's not like it was with the church and a religious spiritual thing back in the day, the same way. It's more like you're registering a business with the government, a partnership. To a degree. Okay, but hold to on. A degree. So, but he was saying, okay, so listen, he was saying, one of the benefits of a prenup, your prenup might even not hold up, but the value of looking into a prenup before you get married is because most people are learning about the business agreement they made when it's ending. They're, they're learning what agreement they made when it's over and then they're finding out and that's the divorce. Whereas a prenup, what it does is it actually lets you in on what you're agreeing to before you get into it and going, hey, do I agree to this? Do I agree to that? And this is what we're kind of getting into. Even if you made no uh, amendments to the, say, traditional marriage and just the way things are, just going through that process mm -hmm. might be a good thing to do because then you'd realize the agreement you're making. The reason why I bring this up. Right. In the, in the eyes of, of the government, yeah, basically. In the eyes yeah. of the government. Okay. But here's the thing. You, you set a goal, whatever your goal is. Maybe it's to buy a Ferrari. I don't know. Do you know the agreement you're making when you set out to buy this, this thing, when you set out to get this goal? Like, there's maintenance. Do you know that costs like something like $10,000 to do an oil change or something crazy? Like, yeah. do you know that like to get new <laughs> wheels, how much that costs? You know how much, how much is, is, and, and do you know that you're, you're theft and you can't park it anywhere? And there's all these things that are going to come with this thing you think you want. And if you looked at the life you would be living with the thing you want, yeah, maybe you're imagining, oh, it'd be so nice to pull up in this Ferrari and have someone be impressed with me. But then think about all these other things that you'd have to deal with yeah. to be able to do that one thing. And you start to go, you know what? That's not worth it. And so intimacy with goals is also starting to realize that there's these things we think we want, but when you look at what is actually required, you might start to think, hey, I don't actually want this thing. 
And at the same time, I'll bring one other thing to play kind of devil's advocate in this whole situation. People will look at that with kids, for example. They'll say, oh, you know, well, I just want to live my life. I want to do my thing. And then I got to pay this extra money for this extra person. I got to support. I have more responsibility. I don't want all that. But often people are thinking about not having kids. They're also not thinking about all the benefits that when you have a kid and when they're older and what you've built in your life and, and a life that you've shaped and transformed this beyond your own and how it made you grow up and mature and do all these great things. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is like, regardless of what you think you need to do in your life or don't want to do, you got to look at like the more the picture from a more holistic kind of like, like, experience it. Mm -hmm. Don't just focus on the thing like, oh, it'd be so nice to do this one thing. Think about the several other things that wouldn't be so nice to do if you if you did the thing. And then on the same note, if you're focused on one bad thing, think about the several good things that would come out of doing the one thing that wouldn't be so great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it helps you make decisions because I feel like goals are decisions ultimately. They're decisions for how we're trying to build and shape our future. Mm -hmm. And people who don't make decisions and set goals, they tend to just get what they get. So it is good to make decisions and set goals. But I think a lot of our goal setting is half-baked and the beauty of time, I'm bringing it all around, the beauty of time is it shows us that. Mm -hmm. It, may, it gives you an intimacy with an experience and go, hey, you know what? I like this way more than I thought I would. Or I don't like this as much as I thought I would. And yeah. if you're going down a road where, you know, it's you're after something and you've been after it for a while and you're not enjoying it, it might be time to consider changing your plans and your goal. Uh, the other side, if you're doing something, you're like, I love doing this. Maybe you should double down and do more of it. Maybe you should, maybe you should consider that that's where you, more of your energy should go, because maybe you're putting your energy to a bunch of bullshit that doesn't matter, and you're not putting your energy towards things that do matter. Mm -hmm. And and you know, time is is an opportunity for us to be patient and for us to also experience our emotions, because in time, you know, when we're not getting what we want or we're waiting or we're like hungry. We get to kind of see things that we wouldn't get to see otherwise. Well, time seems to serve some other very deep part of ourselves. Is what it is occurring to me somewhat in, in some of the things that you're saying. Is I was just you know you try on a little thought experiment of, and this is something that I think. Most of us have probably done, especially as kids. I know I used to think about this a lot. It's like, oh, what if I could just snap my fingers mm. and make any and, and anything I wanted would just yeah would just be here. You know, it's like, oh, I want a new Nintendo. I want a new <laughs> I want a game. I want a new this. Boom, 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 boom. And you could just you could just snap your fingers and it would be in existence and it'd be there for you, right? Where there'd be no time, right? There would be no time that existed between between your desire, the thing that you want, and it just being there, mm -hmm. right? If you really think about that, right? If you really think about, think that all the way through to the end of where that ends up, it ends up in a, in a pretty dark place. It would be fun 
initially. Yes. Right? You'd have some fun with it. Oh, this is great. Blah, 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 blah. But eventually, you, a part of you would start to, to get hollowed out. You'd, you'd start to feel like you wouldn't have any sense of purpose or mm. like, what are you, what are you even doing with this? And I mean, maybe you could start doing some good with this. You could actually help people with it. And, you know, there'd be ways in which you could, you could start to, to, but eventually you just, there would be an emptiness that would, that would form. Because Unless it be... was filled with something of more substance, because yes. what you're going to realize, and this is an important part of goal setting, is what you're going to realize is that your goals are quite shallow initially. I, I'm doing yeah. this with my class right now. We're, we're doing an exercise because like a lot of one of the classes I work with is all about vision. And their exercise this week is I want you to, if you had a hundred million dollars, okay, you have a hundred million dollars. What would you do? How would you spend it? How would you go about your life? Your homework is to come back next week and explain to us all how you would deal with this had this been granted to you. And I did this exercise because I I was like, I bought a lottery ticket and it was like $60 million potential oh, yeah. win. And I was just like, you know what? Let's, I haven't done a vision exercise in a bit. Let's go through this. And at first it was like, I would buy this motorcycle and I would get this house and I would go on this trip and I do this shit. And I got all that shit out and I was like, yeah, that's all right. But you know what I would do? I'd probably, I'd probably want to buy my mom a house. I want to make sure that she's okay. I want to make sure she never had to worry again. I want to make sure my brothers and I could spend more time together. And it was interesting because I started going through this and it all became about the relationships I wanted to have mm -hmm. and the things I wanted to do, not just myself, but with people. And, and I, and then, uh, serendipitously this talk came up from a guy who I like to listen to every every now and then named Brad Lee and he said you know what's so funny about money is you get your money and at first you'll do all these great things you'll you'll go buy all the stuff you want you'll get the clothes and you'll do all that stuff and then what ends up happening is all you want to do is things that don't cost money like spend time with family and and do the things you love to do and like whatever mm -hmm. and so granted there is a certain amount of peace and relaxation that comes with having money, but, yeah. but we, we don't always think it through and we don't always go down. And I love the term you used hollowed out because mm. that's almost what getting what you think you want does. It hollows you out and you realize, Hey, I wanted things that only served my surface. Mm -hmm. I never realized that there's things I want that I had all along that actually I cared about that, that you don't need money to have. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you the final bit of the story. After I did my vision exercise, I came to this realization. I was like, well, how much of this stuff am I not doing that I really want to be doing because I use the excuse of money? I have to go do this first and then I can focus on doing that. And I was like, you know what? There's not everything. But there's a bunch of things here that don't require money that I could just do now. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing those things now. And, you know, these things that I um, that are just out of reach because of money, those are still there. Don't get me wrong. There's still some things that I, I still want. And maybe they're a little surfacy to some degree. But recognizing there's a good portion of things that don't require this money was very helpful for me because it helped me to kind of flesh out... Uh, goals and ideas and values I have. And I'm just come back to that term you said, hollowed out. Mm -hmm. It really showed me how sometimes I'm a little too focused on the surface of things as opposed to the depth of things. Yeah. And that 
whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, there's just dated perhaps. There's, there's a few <laughs> people like what happened in the podcast. There's a few. Please, that's one quiet. There's a few things. <laughs> it's like I had a, a couple of things swirling around at the same time, and and then they like collided with yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah, there's. Well, pick one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just so, you know, it's like the the old saying that we've probably all heard: the best things in life are free. Are free. Right. Well, I mean, that's and that is true. It's so true. Right. That's and, the and thing that we I think we especially in Western culture with money and resources, we just forget that all the time. Yeah. And the best things in, in life are. And I mean, they're not free in, in in the sense of that they actually all require time. Right. Right. You you don't. But when you think of, you know, it really it's that statement is really talking about money particularly right like it's like our things don't cost you money those the things that don't cost you money are actually the best things in life your relationships with your friends and your family and with nature even your relationship with yourself and that's that's the thing that you can only pay with your time mm -hmm. right and that again that's why time is this is this incredible incredible thing and you and in a way it's like you want these things to take time right it, because they develop uh, our relationship with others with ourselves and and that's the only way in which that can happen but it really i mean it really makes you question the whole how so many of us and myself included orient our lives and direct our lives of this like i have to go and get this thing and do this thing and da 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 da, da. and we and we we miss the the juice mm. of we miss the juice of our lives you know like the 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 truly meaningful parts of it because yeah like the the timeless tale not only just in in our stories but from real actual personal stories of people who money is no object and who quickly come to realize that like oh yeah stuff is kind of meaningless stuff mm -hmm. is kind of empty now i'm thinking about what you know can i do something good with this or you know or i'm i now have a new relationship with with these other things in my life you know i realize that this is not actually as important as i thought and now and now I'm maybe coming back to things that I took for granted before because I realized that that's actually, that's actually the point. That's mm -hmm. actually the purpose. That's actually, that's actually where my, my life has meaning, mm -hmm. right? Again, is in that in-between, in those long in-between spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, that's what we're what we're all after is we are after meaning. Because when things become meaningless, life becomes very empty and very vacant. And it's it's, you know, money's an interesting thing. I've had lots of money and I've had I've, I've struggled where I could barely put on the power. I actually I've I've 
you know, I, I've been in a point where I lived in a trailer park. I've been in a point where I lived in a mansion. I've been in a point where I could go out and I could travel wherever I wanted to. And I just had tons of money in the bank account. And I've had moments where literally the power went off in my house and I had to run an, an, a, a, a wire from the hallway of my building into just to get some power on because I was so fucking strapped. And I've been in both experiences. And granted, being fucking broke sucks like it just sucks in western culture like and and anyone who's there like look i know what that's like i get that and that sucks and that becomes your primary focus how do i get out of this fucking hole that i'm in and how mm -hmm. do i fix this because things are things are spiraling out of control but here's the interesting thing about money money's interesting because money actually just solves a bunch of problems really quickly and it gets it, it sorts out a bunch of shit but once you like you know that wish is my command what if i could just have that right now money does that in a lot of ways for a lot of things mm -hmm. not everything yeah but for a lot of surface things you go i want to go buy this i want to go do that and you just do it you do it you do it you do that for a while and that all just becomes meaningless it all just becomes something like nothing and it's very interesting actually how quickly that can happen too sometimes surprisingly faster than you realize and then the, the people who have that, like all that money that wishes my command, if you look at their struggles, it all comes down to like meaning and depth and purpose and connection and all of this other stuff. If you look at somebody who's broke, now granted, sometimes you don't have those things, but you you could, if you, if you put aside this self-focus of I'm broke, right? The broke's an interesting word. I'm broken, right? Mm. Is what you're kind of saying. And if you looked at it as like, you know what? I'm in a struggle. I'm not broken. I'm in a struggle. This is a difficult time in my life. But no matter how difficult life is, what can you do that is fulfilling and enriching? And, you know, and, and you might think, well, that's silly. That's stupid. But it isn't. And, um, you know, time... Time is an interesting thing. I think it's, you know, it's, there's, I don't recommend it, but <laughs> there's a value in experiencing being broke and being in a, in a certain type of struggle that's like intense like that. There is uh, insights that you will have. I don't recommend it. I don't think you should go out and do it, <laughs> but take it from people who have been there. You, you know, there's like, there's no amount of money that, you would be willing to give up if you truly like love something and it's really worthwhile. Like you begin to see the value of things in certain ways. And, you know, I, I've heard, uh, I heard a statistic recently that right now we're in a very strange time because of technology and just the way things have gone where um, apparently like for men, I think it's like one out of four men or something crazy like that doesn't even have a best friend doesn't have a friend like people are yeah. isolated and lonely in ways that are profoundly destructive to their lives and they're my 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 assessment of that is i've you know i don't know i'm not i don't know everything but i can say that my assessment of that because i went through a depression was that when you're depressed you're focused on all the wrong things. And the way that I climbed out of it and the way that I corrected my psyche and my perspective was I started to look at things differently. 
And it, it took me getting to the point where it was like, what's the point of anything? And then I was like, well, let me try and answer that question. And granted, I still get caught in some of this materialistic goal set stuff. It still sneaks in there and, and it's it's not like something I can just say, okay, it's done. Mm-hmm. But I can auto-correct myself. I can see myself getting anxious, getting depressed, getting like feeling these thoughts of like not adding up, not being adequate, whatever. And then go, wait a minute, what's important here? And and why am I feeling this way? And checking in with that. Because there is something about the materialistic world where we buy more when we're depressed. Yeah. Because we want to solve the problem. And really, the problem isn't going to be solved by buying something. Sometimes, maybe. Occasionally, yeah. maybe briefly. But a lot of the time, you know what you should do? You should pick up the phone and you should call a friend. That's what you should do. You shouldn't yeah. worry about what you don't have, how you can't pay for You know, go talk to somebody. And if you don't have a friend, you know what I used to do? I used to go down to the cafe and I would just sit down and I would talk to somebody there and I would you know and I started to realize hey I can make a friend I can do some things here you know and and the thing is is time is interesting right because one of the elements we haven't really talked about specifically but time in struggle time in strife time in being hungry time in these painful moments Whereas we go, oh, I just want to get out of this. I don't want to mm-hmm. feel this anymore. But what if we had a reframe on that and said, there must be a gift here. There must be something good. I must be learning yeah. something, building something, gaining something. And refuse to accept that life is destroying you. Like my my advice to anybody who's down or depressed, because I like went through this, guys. Like I fucking went through it. And it, it took years. Is look at every bit of it as a good thing as a gift as it's serving you yeah and like that time that i had man it in my quote-unquote depression or spiritual awakening however you want to look at it it taught me so much about empathy compassion understanding it made me such a better person in my opinion and i think the opinion of the people who are in my life agree that it has but it was not an easy time mm-hmm but it was a time was a gift. And and here's one last thing I'll just say on this. Sometimes I imagine myself making a different choice, which caused me to kind of go through that difficult period in my life. Like I made a few choices that caused that. But I go, well, what if you chose this and chose that and chose this instead? What would your life be? And it's like, well, I'd probably have some, maybe, I don't know if this is true, but I might have some material success, some financial success, some uh, uh, status success, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'd have to lose all the lessons and all the wisdom that I would gain during that time of strife and struggle. And then I have to ask myself, would you be willing to give up all that wisdom and all that life experience to have quote unquote, a nicer place, a nicer car and some status. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a part of me. So yeah, but it's like, no, I wouldn't. Cause this was way fucking harder to get. And it's way more valuable. Yeah. Because it's going to be with me forever. And that stuff I could lose. That could come and go. And who knows? I lost my wealth at one point. I could lose it again. You know, you never know, man. Yeah. Right? But internal wisdom and this stuff that you gain, these character traits you build or character you build, that's very hard for it to wither away. You know, and if you take care of your health, chances are you're going to retain that for most all of your life, if not all of your life. Right? Yeah. I remember when I first read a book called Care of the Soul by Thomas More, 
and he had a chapter has a chapter in there called the gifts of depression and i remember just being sort of blown away just by that that on the surface of it of just being like what you know like just this something that i would never even think of putting those words together right but very often it's it's so it's communicating some very important things to us right that that the way that we're we're doing something or thinking about something or the way in which we're participating with something in in life which is very much what we're talking about here right like the way that we engage with something like goals and goal setting right these these are things that can are actually might not be very healthy things in our culture right that we've been conditioned to and that's the reason why you're you're sick mm. right like depression is is you're sick right yeah, you've got you you've got a you've got a you've got a sickness and that sickness is is telling you something mm -hmm. right it's like your participation in this thing and the way that you're doing it is killing you right right and the more you participate the more sick you'll feel often yeah and you're like you keep trying to solve the problem by almost taking more of the poison mm -hmm. yeah and it's and it's a it's a it can you know and and our culture yeah it can create these vicious cycles of things totally. because you know we're we're not exactly always hearing or or there's people talking about these underlying problems right everything and again that's the part of these our culture is full of band-aid solutions right and all in the in the name of of this thing called efficiency right i'm not a, i'm hey i'm no i love me some good efficiency <laughs> but the thing is is that efficiency has a limit and efficiency has a price right and i remember simon sinek talking about he would go into companies and and get to know what they're about and ask them so like what is your you know what is your company all about what what do you what do you stand for and that sort of thing and he said so many companies would say we're all about creativity and efficiency and he would he would just go well that doesn't make sense yeah right because creativity isn't efficient yeah there's nothing efficient about creativity creativity is often messy often time consuming like there's there's no guaranteed results at the end of it so it's like th those two things don't really mesh together right you can you can be about creativity or you can be about efficiency but but anyhow uh yeah this whole thing of of efficiency and time and in our culture i think it's it really is destructive i think it's really it's it's killing us both figuratively and literally i think in in many ways because it's removing it's like it's like time is the people say it all the time time is the enemy yeah time is the enemy right it's like time is not the enemy time is the only thing that you actually have right right and it's the most valuable thing that you have yeah. you know and it's and it's like how is time your enemy time is time is is your teacher time is your like it's it's your your most valuable currency 
that that you have and it's so crazy our our relationship with it where it's like we're just trying to remove time from absolutely everything and we get irritated about where our time is going all the time and you know like when we're when we're working we wish we were we were vacationing we're vacationing we're thinking about working like it's just like our and our time is spent just in some kind of a some kind of a weird limbo mm-hmm. right of of just emptiness mm-hmm. right and i mean i don't know where i'm going well, with hey, this exactly you know, brandon it's, but it's, it's an interesting it's, thing i think uh you know I remember talking to you one time because like when I was younger and I was doing my show and all this stuff and I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know what it was about the way I was doing things that was like caused me to get success in certain ways. And you pointed out something to me once. You said, well, you know, when you when you slept, you slept. And when you played, you played. And when you worked, you worked. And that's really true. That was how I did life. I really just did things full out. And people used to say like, you know, um, I mean, I was fucking flawed in all sorts of ways and I had all sorts of shit to work on. But I had several people say to me, you know, Brandon, when, one thing I like about hanging out with you is when I'm hanging out with you, it's like I'm the only person in the world. And I literally would, it would be like that for me. Like when I was with somebody, that was the only thing that ever mattered. It was just like, this is what we're doing. We're, we're playing this game. We're doing this thing together. Mm-hmm. And you're the only person here and this is all that matters. And I didn't even learn that. I don't even think I learned that from acting. It was just simply something that somehow I fucking, I don't know, pulled out of whatever. And it's so true though. If you fully in your time do what you're doing and you're not in limbo, even when you're in struggle, even when you're in strife, it actually, you'll find joy out of it and you'll find a certain kind of like focus. Now, granted, breaking away from focus is another thing. Sometimes you can get so in an inertia of a focus that you need to step away and go, wait a minute, I'm too focused on this thing and this is my whole world now. And, you know, there is a, a, a time to sometimes break away because one thing about focus and attention, and we've talked about it being magic, is it can also get comfortable. And then if it gets too comfortable and and it consumes you too much, it can actually become toxic at a certain point. It's like we have to do things within reason. So um, when we're talking about like time, the time it takes, one thing I like about a goal is goals, I think it's good to have like a a three-month goal, a one-year goal, and maybe like a five-year goal, maybe a 10-year goal. But not a whole bunch of goals. One goal in each category that is your number one focus. And maybe you got a couple other peripherals that are kind of like, hey, you know what? These are kind of being worked on too. Just to change it up, just to give you a little flavor, but no more than three. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's nice about a goal, particularly like a one month or three month type of goal, is it can consume you for a very short period of time and then you can let it go. And the reason why you set a deadline is because if I don't achieve it by this point, I need to give it a breather. I need to step back and give it some space. Maybe you push it a week or two, but after that, you really got to let it go and go, you know what? This took longer than I thought. I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to go focus on something else for a bit. Don't double down for six months. That's unhealthy. (laughs) You'll get in an inertia. It's not good. And so something I found is like one thing I love about goal setting is it'll get me tuned into something i'll be fucking on the ball about it but if i try to push it to six months it gets watered down 
I become less effective and it drains me. But mm-hmm. the first three months, it fulfilled me. So um, when we talk about time, time is also a telling thing. Sometimes when things take time, you need to say, okay, after a certain amount of time, either achieve this goal or I, or I get away from it. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to it at another time. But if you put attention on things and you don't get results and you go longer than three months, you're going to just find out that it just evaporates whatever energy you have and you're going to feel depleted. So you just pick a new goal. You know, you go, okay, you know what? I got 90% of the way there and like two weeks more, I pushed it. I still couldn't get there. Let it go. You'll find sometimes that there's, uh, and this is what I think I'm coming around to, time also teaches us about force. Because there's a certain amount of time where you go, I'm forcing this. It's mm-hmm. just not happening. I need to let it go. And you'll find sometimes that when you, and actually more more than sometimes, often, letting go was what got it for you. It was hanging on to it too tightly that you couldn't get it. And it's like the sand in your hand kind of analogy. You pour the sand in your hand and you try to squeeze it. The more you squeeze it, the less you can have in your hand. Mm-hmm. And there are some goals you're going to realize it was first about getting it in your hand. And then it was about not doing anything with it. Letting it breathe. Letting it exist. Letting it gestate. You know? And, mm-hmm. and I find with goals, the reason why I like to have three goals at all times and no more, but really no less is because then I can put a goal that isn't working. I can put it on the peripheral and say, I'm still, mm-hmm. I still care about this, but now my focus is going to be on this goal. Yeah. So time, you need to use time as a measurement tool to get yourself to break free of things. Mm-hmm. Because although I agree, not being in limbo is, is a good thing. Hyper focus on something for too long is also bad. Yeah. 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 No, I, I like a lot of what you're saying. Practically speaking, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the rule of threes. Yeah. Regardless of like for, for so much of what I do, because it's like, yeah, that's, that's because our, our, we're only able to keep so many things in our head at one time. Our conscious minds are not really terrific at, at trying to, to hold a bunch of things at the same time. Yeah. So keeping it down and, and also knowing again, Again, what it, but what are those goals even? What is it really actually all about for you? Like, what are those things actually all about? And I think that that's, again, one of those things like that comes with really under, getting to know yourself as well, right? It's like, okay, this is, this is really what everything that I'm doing, it kind of all branches off from this thing, right? If you think of like, you're trying to really understand like what your trunk is, what the trunk is, and then all of, all of, these other goals, like they need to be branches mm-hmm. of that thing. You need to understand how, how is that actually connected to the, to the bigger vision? And, right. and that's in a key, and, that's a key part. Yeah. Sometimes you have a goal that's just a branch from a bigger tree and you lose sight of the tree that you're growing in your life and you get yeah. hyper-focused on this branch. You're trying to branch out to something. And it's like, that isn't the point The you're actually not on the main thing anymore. Yeah. Example, case in point, the, the guy or girl, I suppose, who goes off and focuses on work. I was having a conversation with my mom about kind of like how we we get consumed with work and it becomes our life and we miss out on what's important. And my mom and I were talking about this 
And like when I was a kid, I was neglected a lot. And my mom was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like she mm -hmm. really tried to be there for me. My mom was saying, you know, like I had trouble with reading. Like I read more books probably now than most people I know. Like, and I've read <laughs> way more and I, you know, whatever. And, you know, but I just, no one read with me and no one spent any time with me reading or doing any of this stuff. And my mom and I were talking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, remember I was in like, special English class and like I was like I was in like special ed because they like they thought I was slow because I was so behind everybody and now I'm like way advanced and I went to university and I figured out how to get A's in university like like from where I started from being like a special ed kid to being like an A student like it's like that's fucking mind-boggling my mom and I were talking about it. here's the point I just give you as a reference she's saying you know I was so busy trying to impress your father that I could work and earn money that I spent all this time working and she's like, I should have never done that. I should have spent time with you guys and, 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 and doing this and get, that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I was so focused on, you know, I was so focused on this stuff that I, that I kind of lost sight of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because you look at it, it's like we get focused on the wrong things sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and people do this all the time. They spend all this time working, trying to earn money, trying to achieve these goals. If, if you have a goal at work, that's why it's, again, I'm going to come back to my point. You set it for three months and then you got to take the gas off and go, now I spend time with my family. Now mm -hmm. I make some time for my kids. Now I make some time for my partner. Now I make some time doing the things that are hobbies that I love. And then you come back and do it again. Mm -hmm. There's a story that I, one last thing, Evan, there's a story that was shared with me when I was a young man, which was two, two lumberjacks go out to this area and they, they, they pair everybody up in twos. And the two that get paired in this area are an older guy, an older gentleman, and a young gentleman. The young guy's like buff and works out and he's fit and he's like whatever. And the older guy, he's like 60 something, like should retire, he's out there. And he, 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 the young guy looks at the old guy, he goes, oh man, like I'm gonna do way better than this guy. Cause they go basically, the more trees you cut down, the more you get paid. Whoever gets more cut down today gets a bonus and it's to motivate you guys to see who will cut more and you guys get sent out in pairs and you're compared to this guy. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm gonna waste this 60 year old. He doesn't stand a chance. Basically, they come home the first day, they, they show how many trees they've cut down and the, the, the young guy probably says, I've cut down 40 and the older guy says, well, I cut down 70. And he's like, 70? I, I fucking worked my ass off and I did 40. So the next day, the kid goes out and he, cuts and he cuts and he cuts and he does he does 55 and he's like oh man like i hope that old man just had a lucky day the old man comes back because i did 75 he's like oh man he's like the the young guy's like this was the hardest day of my life he goes out the next day and he does 65 he still doesn't even reach the 70 that the older man did and the older man comes back and he's like i did 80 and he's like oh man i'm never gonna catch this guy i, I can't work any harder so he finally just humbles himself comes to the end the old guy at the end of the week and says listen I've been busting my ass all week. I thought I would cut more trees than you. He's like, give me a break, man. What are you doing that I don't know? And the old man says, well, I'm about to retire. He's like, whatever, I don't care about this bonus. He goes to the young guy, he says, I, I cut a tree, I cut trees for an hour, and I sit down, I sharpen my saw for an hour. Then I cut trees for an hour, and I sit down, and I sharpen my saw for an hour. The old man sharpens his saw, and he rests, and then he cuts again, mm -hmm. and it's effective. This is the thing about goal setting. You do your goal, full out, 100%. Then you take a moment, you rest, you look at something else, you put something else in importance. It will help you do your goal again. But mm -hmm. if you go, 
cut, 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 cut. You get worn down, you dull your blade, and you're useless by the end of the day. Yeah. It's how, not sustainable. How yeah. much we've devalued rest. Like, right. Like, we don't, we, like, it's not nearly, we, we kind of give it a little corner. Like, there's like a part of it yeah. in society where we say, like, yeah, 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 rest, rest, rest is, 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 is important, you know, but I'll rest when I'm dead. You know, like, all yeah, these yeah, kinds yeah. of things. It's, it's like, but just think of the idea of putting rest as a, as a thing of equal importance mm -hmm. to your work. Like most of us are definitely not, definitely don't have that mentality around it, right? right. So, and then so to, you know, I know we're wrapping it up time, right? Like look at the old man's story. It seems like a waste of time. Half of his day is spent sitting around sharpening his saw and the other yeah. half is doing work, quote unquote work. Yeah. It's all work. That's the thing. It's all work. And at the end of the day, you know, this is a really good analogy for life. Whereas like we have this mentality of like we think work is time, but that's not really reality. Work is results. That's what work actually is. It's like how many results can you get with the work you're doing? That's really what counts. The only reason why we have this weird marriage with time and work is because we needed a system so that people could earn money who had low skill to essentially do things without too much training, without too much thought, with whatever. We just need people to just get jobs done and we don't need them to think, we don't need them to do, just get this done. And you have eight hours today to do it. And so they get it done when really they could have got it done in four. And if you talk to most hourly employees, they go, I don't work harder because I don't get paid by my results. I get paid by my hours. So mm -hmm. I work at the pace that I feel comfortable with. As long as I get the job done, no one breathes down my neck. It's not a problem. Tell me if you work an hourly job, if you don't know this, I've done it. I yeah. know it's the truth. But when you become an entrepreneur or somebody who works for yourself, it becomes, I don't want to spend eight hours today doing this shit. Let's get it done in four. <laughs> Let's yeah. get it done in two. Because if I can get the same shit done sooner, then I have six or four hours or two hours of extra time to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so anyway, th the point is, is that time, the time it takes, man, <laughs> the time <laughs> it, it takes. reminds me of uh, the dude, you know, from the <laughs> big, big yeah, yeah, Lebowski, yeah. the time it, it takes, takes, man, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it really, you know, filled in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been fun. I actually, mm -hmm. I feel like we, uh, like even Covered for me, refining, refining this, I know I, I shared a lot of advice and said, oh, here's my points of view. But just bouncing this back and forth with you really made me reflect on a few things in which I'm getting caught in these traps myself. Because I find as much as I know about this shit, I still slip back into the same things we all do. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know about you, but I find that it's like, man, it's, it's, it's just get caught up in the wrong things. And I, I just forget what wait a minute wait a minute what's going on here right and wait a minute it's an interesting saying wait mm. a minute the time it takes let's think about this let's yeah let's take a moment yeah 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 hmm. um beer beer let's talk okay. about this beer and let's wrap this let's wrap this up okay so i i i picked the beer for for this one today and we're drinking hoin brewing company's down easy pale ale been going down easy you know, that's it has been going down easy it's nice it's tasty man actually it's a really flavorful beer i've been really mm -hmm. just the, the flavor of it has just been really enjoyable yeah it's like uh 
I don't quite how to describe, but it's it's just a beautifully balanced little beer that's easy to drink, mm-hmm. as you would hope from from the title of of it. It's not too hoppy or anything. Not it's too just... hoppy. It's just it is down easy, but like good flavor to it, and and so I've been I've been enjoying this this brew. Me too. Me too. Um, well. Man, I don't know. You got some kind of thoughts? Sure, I'll I'll, I'll, first. I'll I'll go into into something here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing I did want to say that that didn't come in into the conversation, but I'll 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 throw it in here at the end is, you know, coming from an acting background and one it was a misconception that I had about acting because again, sort of our western culture and and how we're conditioned to think there's this sense of of oh yes the the this finish line this complete and i remember as an actor there was this thing operating where it was like okay there is this thing that is that is the performance that is the performance for this and i'm the, you know mm. that's become sort of like the unconscious goal that i'm working towards is to get to that performance and then realizing that well that thing doesn't exist that thing does not exist as an actor there's no there's no finish line the finish line is when they tell you it's like hey production's wrapped we're done which sucks <laughs> yeah usually if you like it what you're doing you're like oh, i don't want to stand yeah and yeah. so but it's that's that's when it's done yeah and that's, that's when, when you, you almost don't want that to happen yeah 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 because like it's it's you're as an actor your job and your time is you you're spending that time getting to know this part, this character more and more and more, exploring the space of of who this person is and what's going on and all of this stuff. And, and that's, there's no end to that. There's just, there's just the time that you spend with it mm-hmm. as getting more and more intimate with the story and with the character. And so coming back to some things that came up, you know, it's, I, I'm really thinking about that, that, that old saying that the best things in life are free, you know, and it's, and that the most meaningful things that, that are in our lives don't cost anything, right? And, and not only that, but the, the most important things in our life take time they take time, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like they, they, that's the only thing that you can really give to them. So just think about that. Like really think about how, how that's true in your life, that the most meaningful things in your life require nothing but time, right? And how, and, and really evaluating where are, where am I putting my time, mm-hmm. right? What is not just literal, my physical you know, body and in, in, in a space, but like my mental energy too. Where am I spending most of my time up here? Where, what am I putting my attention to? Mm-hmm. Where's my time? Where's, where's my mental energy time going into? Right. It's, that's huge. And mm-hmm. I, I think that just, you know, with like, with so many things, a little, <laughs> take a minute, as yeah. you said, right. Yeah. Take a minute to be mindful about where is your time going? What is your, what is this goal? Why is this a goal? You know, like a bit of mindfulness, like, and you want to talk about efficiency, (laughs) you know, like 
you can save yourself a lot of wasted time instead of just frantically grabbing after after goals that you that you think that you want or think that you're supposed to have when a little bit of time take a breath take a moment really try to understand what this what is this all about for you not just this goal what is this life all about for you mm -hmm. because if you don't understand that at least it, you know because i don't know if you ever necessarily just can grab onto that thing either but you've got to know somewhere about what what your life is about you know where you're being called to and and where you're oriented towards right in your own nature what is that thing because if you if you don't have some idea of what that thing is your goals are just like forget forget that you're just you're you've made the the branch <laughs> you know what your life is all about it's not even it that's not even your tree you're looking at at the branch of somebody else's tree yeah you know what i mean so it's like you've got to you've got to know what that thing is some idea of what that thing is otherwise all these goals and you're gonna be putting your time into things that just they actually have got nothing really to do about you hmm. or do with you so take the time Take the time to really be mindful because we do live in a world we are so we're we're more inundated with other people's shit than ever. Right. And it's not necessarily malicious. Right. But we are just we're constantly being fed stuff from other people. And the, and it, there's it creates so much confusion that it's become more important than ever to just take that time, understand what it's really all about for you, and and let everything flow from there. Mm. Well, you know, there's something that came up for me at the end, which is the energy and the just attention and focus that like the way I am letting my time be about. Like for example, if I'm sitting around, like the other day, I don't know, I was stressed. I was tired. I had I been kind of correcting a sleep cycle that has been a little bit off. And so I had to kind of pull mostly an all-nighter to kind of like correct myself. And, and then the <laughs> next day, I'm like, oh, man, I'm bagged and I'm worn out. Cause it took a few days for me to just get it right. And I was like, man, my filters are down. I'm more stressed and more anxious than ever. And this kind of dawned on me. It's like, do I want to spend my time being anxious and being stressed and I've I'm kind of realizing with this conversation that sometimes with goals they're just an excuse for us to enable uh an energy that we don't really want like oh I gotta make this money I gotta do this thing otherwise I'm not gonna be able to do this and I'm not gonna just and it's all just amplifying an energy that we don't really want to have and so I think what I'm going to do as I walk away from this is look at and kind of almost do an audit of how am I giving my energy away when I do things. So if I'm not going to do anything about said stressor, then I'm not going to think about it. And it's like, hey, look, I might check in and say, do we want to do something about this right now? Or do we not want to do something about this right now? Are we going to or are we not going to? And if we're not going to, then you know what? Out of mind. It's not, I'm not worrying about that. I'm not going to think about it. Like there's times where 
Evan, I should just go for a hike. And I really just want to go for a hike. Mm. But I don't. I sit around and I stress about how I need to get shit done. But then I also don't do anything about it. Mm. And I don't know if people can relate to that, but I fucking catch myself in this little trap every now and then. And I'm like, what? A bunch of bullshit. Like, I just, I should have just gone for a hike. I could have stressed on the hike. I could have, like, if I wanted to, at least I would have been hiking or doing something fun. But I like, I'll do these weird things every now and then where I'm like, well, you can't really go for a hike. You're supposed to be working. But it's like, I don't really want to work. And even if I'm trying to work, I'm not getting any real work done because I don't really want to do it. So it's kind of like this almost like, I have to just accept that sometimes it's not about trying to solve a problem or get somewhere or accomplish something. Sometimes it's simply about how do I want to spend this time and invest this time in my life? How do I want this to be for me? And that can just be what it is. And then when I'm done doing that, then I can go do whatever it is that I feel I need to do next. Now, granted, if I just go hiking, forever i'm gonna be homeless because you know like, <laughs> like eventually i like bills got to be paid things got to get done you know it's fine but the thing is is that i'm not gonna go hiking forever i'm gonna go do things for a short period and then i'm done with that and then i'm gonna go do my next thing but not doing what i want and then thinking about what i need to do but also kind of not doing that either is this limbo you're talking about and yeah and it's just it's a weird fucking hollowness so anyway, uh, I don't know if that helps anybody, but I'm going <laughs> to I want to end on a dark note. That's a positive for me, actually, because I'm walking away going, you know what? I have a little more clarity on this. I kind of see how I'm the young guy just working away with the saw that's dull and I'm tired and I don't have any energy. And I'm just seeing that in my behavior. You have a thought? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Just, I, I hate to do it at the, on no, the closing comments, but, you know, I was just thinking about, again, that thing of of goals and the time spent you know i think about the time that we put in and, and spend with this podcast and it really is about getting intimate with these things and you know we pick these topics and these directions not because we're necessarily trying to get to the bottom of something or or to just get to some finish line but because it allows this exploration and these discoveries to happen along the way because that's really what the whole thing's what the whole thing's about. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.